Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Blue! We are the Baseball Umpires Podcast for umpires by an umpire. We are more than just balls and strikes and outs and saves. Listen in for tips, rule interpretations, equipment and attire reviews, interviews with umpires of all levels, and some funny stories that might come up every time out on the baseball field. If you're new to the field as an umpire or a seasoned vet in the world of umpiring, then this is the podcast for you. Hey Blue, the Umpire Podcast is part of the 1420 Sports Bar group of podcasts on the Belly Up Network. Welcome to Hey Blue and Umpires Podcast for Umpires by an Umpire for this October the 5th, 2022. Last show, we talked about uh, mentorship and the importance of it, whether it be a young umpire or an experienced umpire and how important it is to uh, get guys on the right path when they're on the field and to keep guys on the right path in the field and to teach them the proper way of doing things and making sure that we're all a cohesive unit out there because it's uh, the most important thing is just make sure, making sure we're, we're putting our, our umpires and ourselves in the proper, proper position to make the right call, to learn to learn the proper way to do things. But I posed the question on Facebook earlier this week or on the weekend, doesn't matter what day it was, but um, retaining and recruiting umpires, and apparently that's the uh, the million-dollar question in the world of not just umpiring, but uh, in the world of officials throughout sports. But anyways, we're just going to talk about umpiring here on, on Hey Blue. And like I said, it's a million-dollar question on how to recruit umpires, how to keep guys in the game, how to get them young, old, or however we can to get them into our our goofy little profession that we do, that we know and love, and that we're up to stay a part of the game. And nobody really has a clear and concise answer to that question. It's it's a tough thing to do nowadays, and it's really tough. I know with the uh, Southern Alberta Umpire Association, like I said, we have our our biweekly clinic. We can't understand why we can't get guys out. We have our, our uh, six to ten people that come out regularly and uh, take part in it. They're learning a lot, and they they can't believe that the uh, the amount the the instruction that they're getting for free, mind you, they're getting it for free. They can't get over uh, the knowledge that they're gaining just in our two-hour bi-weekly thing. We're going to extend that to another thing, but we'll talk about that later. But the getting guys on the field and getting them to stay is a tough thing to do nowadays. And we've we've tried uh, the Facebook thing. We've tried the, the radio thing. We've tried many different avenues to get guys out, word of mouth, trying to just to get people out. And it's it's a tough thing to do, and we're banging our head in the the, the Sawa Southern Alberta Umpire Association. For those of you who don't, I'm going to just call it Sawa from here on into our listeners. It's it's we're banging our head against the wall after our clinic last Saturday. How we can get guys out, what we can do, what we can possibly do, and we came up with 
crickets. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a mystery how to get guys out. And it's the reason why I, I personally think that it might be a little bit tougher than it used to be in years past is that to get young kids out now, to get them interested now to, to do it, you have the problem where the kids are playing on so many teams and they, they play so much longer. Now they're around the field a lot more. They don't, and we'll get to that, that in a second, but because there is now spring baseball, winter baseball, fall baseball, the, the travel baseball, there's so many teams and so many options for kids to continue playing. And the false hopes and dreams that a lot of coaches and organization give these kids, the kids now are staying players a lot longer. There, there's so many more teams, rep teams. There's so many more, um, like I said, travel teams, little league teams, this team, that team, Alberta baseball, Canada baseball, uh, Babe Ruth baseball, you name it, perfect game. There's so many more options for kids to play nowadays. We have to try to pull them away from just being a player and try to become an umpire. It's tough because kids like to play. I, I get it. I like playing as a kid too. It was fantastic. I loved it. But the problem that's not a problem, but I, I found uh, at a young age that I wasn't all that good when I was like 13, 14, 15 years old, that maybe this uh, being a player, if I wanted to stay part of the game, it, the only way to do it was to become an umpire and like high school baseball is fine and everything. And I was a decent uh, average at best, I guess, looking back as average at best player. The only way I could stay in the game was to become an umpire. And somehow we have to, as umpires and as the head of uh, the vice president of associations or associations right right across the country, whether it be Canada or United States, we have to get kids to to get in that mindset as well. We have to get into the high schools. We have to get into into the guys. That, okay, you, you're you're pretty good, but if you want to be you want to be doing this and recruit that way and talk to parents that say maybe you know be around the field and recruit guys and, and talk to some coaches while we're on the field. Say, Hey, do, do you, do you see a kid that is out on the field now that maybe we could lean in towards the umpiring world of things? Uh, I'm not saying the, the lesser skilled. I'm not saying the, 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 the players who, who aren't as good. I'm saying like all players who are, who are good, all players who are bad because there's only a certain select amount of kids who can play baseball past the age of 22. Most of them can't play past the age of 18. If you, if you get down to it. So if we can get kids a little bit younger than that, or even 18, 19 years old who are at the, the back end of, the, of their, of their playing careers. It's not even a career really. It's just their, their playing days. We can get those kids involved in, in the game a little bit earlier and not wait till they become because they all want to become coaches because they think they can make a bunch of money becoming a coach and be part of a game that way. And, and they, they don't. Cause I, I know, and you know that being an umpire isn't the, the, the coolest thing. Like I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, it's cool. Like Fonzie, it, it isn't cool. And it's, it's, but it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun and being part of the game is a lot of fun, but having a way to get kids into it, that is, that is a million dollar question to get them to, want to be on the other side of the ball and not to to be um hitting the home run or hitting the double or anything else because not not many people go to watch the umpire i hate to break it to umpires nobody really goes there to watch us do it like my, my girlfriend or she she does once in a while like she watches the game she doesn't care that i'm out there whatever but um getting guys to, to be out on the field for 
a long time sometimes to get yelled at to not make a bunch of money that's a big that's a big problem and a big deterrent that we have as uh, as an association here in, in southern alberta and i'm sure it's right across the country and right across both countries that uh, that this gets broadcast to and that we have listeners in and having guys to to try to coerce them into doing something like that it it can be a bit of a daunting task that it's, hey, you're going to go out, it's going to be hot, you're going to get yelled at, and you don't make a bunch of money. It doesn't sound very inviting. It doesn't sound inviting at all. But the the one of the ways that I think that and that I think needs to be done to recruit umpires, I do think that we need to be compensated more fairly for our time. I'm not saying you're not going, like nobody's getting rich being an umpire. You're not. Like if you're in the big leagues, that's the only time you're ever going to make money and be be rich as an umpire. I'm not sure what um, guys make in NCAA. Yes, they probably make make a bit, they make, a, they make good money, but they're not getting rich. If, you, if, there, if there's an understanding of what I'm saying there. But I do think that associations and everybody else um, whether it be Little League Canada or Little League whatever town or Big League whatever your town or Babe Ruth whatever town you're in or what, whoever do, does end up paying umpires at the end of the day, they need to step up a little bit more and compensate umpires a lot more. That way we can advertise that, that you can make this much, this, this much dollar for this much, this much of your time. Because now you can go and, and be a skip the dishes driver for a few hours, drive around your air conditioned car and make X amount of dollars a night. No one's yelling at you. Well, I shouldn't say no one's yelling at you. There's people who do get mad at, at skip drivers for some unknown reason. Go get it yourself. If you're that pissed off. But we have to get uh, on a on a on par with better than minimum wage. It's it doesn't make a bunch of sense to ask ask a kid to come out and do this for 15, 20 bucks a game to be out there for two, three hours and and making $40 a game when he could get a, a real job and make more money and get something out of it. Whereas a, a kid it, out on the baseball field, you're getting yelled at, you're getting screamed at, you're having parents mad at you. Not all parents and not every game, but there is that situation where kids are afraid that it's going to happen and their buttholes get clenched up a little bit. And so that, that that's one thing that has to be done. We need to compensate umpires a lot better. We need to make sure they get paid on time. We need to make sure it's a regular payment schedule. We need to make sure that they're, that they're, they're compensated before their time. And that is the number one thing that has to be done to start recruiting and retaining umpires everywhere. I know we have a problem here in Southern Alberta where we don't get paid on a regular basis. And like I said, you're not doing it to get rich, but you do like to be compensated for your time. And if you're waiting two to three, sometimes four months for a, uh, for, for a few bucks, uh, that's, that could be, that could go to groceries or whatever. It, 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 uh, it makes you want to get in the game, stay in the game and be part of it. If you're not getting compensated and you don't know where it's coming from or when you're getting it, you're not going to, you're not, one, you're not going to do it. And two, you're not going to stay around long. So recruiting and retaining a guy is really tough. You could have the best instructors. You could have the best clinics. You could have the best everything going for you. You could have a, a, a lesson plan for, for mentorship. You could have this great, this master plan to mentor guys. But if you don't have people to mentor, you're going to fail. You can't, you cannot mentor air. If that makes any sense, you need to get people on the field somehow going to the high schools is one way posting pictures is, is another way we have we we have a, a facebook account but if you no one's following your facebook account like i think our facebook account account only has 40 members 
or 40 followers or whatever it is. And you could put it out there and put it out there and put it out there and you can retweet and, and like, and share all you want. But if people aren't following that, that account, you aren't going to get, get to those people. You're just not. And the way people trust me, I know all about about Facebook and, and Twitter marketing. Uh, If people are just scrolling through, they'll keep scrolling through. And and that's all they're going to do if they see this. So we have to get somehow, I think you have to talk to, to coaches. You have to talk to parents. You have to make yourself available around the field. And that is part of the mentorship of umpires. We have to recruit players. We have to recruit kids at and, and, and adults. We have to recruit maybe at the college level. We have to recruit, say, hey, here's, here's a couple of bucks. But I think the biggest thing is we have to compensate umpires. That is the biggest thing. We have to post how much they could make in a summer or on a weekend or whatever because people see dollar signs. I, I know it's a, it's a world of greed we live in. People see dollar signs. And we have to say, okay, you can make this much money if you do this. And then if you're good at something, you're going to make more money. Because if you, if you do this, you go to a clinic, you go to this, you go to the guy, you get certification, whatever it is. But I think the biggest key to recruiting is flashing dollar signs. I'm not saying everybody's going to get paid the same. And I'm not saying you're coming, you're coming out making a hundred bucks a game, do, doing a, a little league game or whatever it is, or a, or a U15 or U12 or what, whatever. I don't know the leagues. I just, I, I go out there and call the game, but we need to compensate guys. And, and girls, not, I'm just saying guys and girls. And that, that, that's the biggest thing. Now the cost is obviously going to get bounced back to the parents and the parents are are the ones who are going to be um, an extra 20 bucks on their, their registration or whatever it's going to be. But that money is going to go have to come from somewhere because nobody does this to lose money except umpires, obviously umpires and parents, but parents don't seem to have a problem paying for the hitting clinics, the throwing clinics, the this this baseball, this hotel, this this that, and the other thing with the way with all the baseball that's around now. So I don't think asking parents to pay an extra twenty dollars for to recruit umpires to train umpires because the umpires don't get trained. Like the, the payment does not come out of anybody's pocket for these these public things. It's a it's a it's a volunteer thing that we do the, these clinics for at this level. Yes, we would. There, there's other plans in the works, but that's another story for another day. I don't think parents would complain too much to have to pay ten dollars more per head per kid, so umpires can be compensated properly. I there are some coaches and some parents that think that, that umpires are getting paid a lot of money. They, they, they were quite surprised when we told. Uh, I had a, a conversation with a guy last weekend about uh, how much I made over the summer, and I said, "Not nearly as much as you think." And he said, "Well, you wrote every day and a lot." I said, "Yeah, that doesn't mean I got paid. I didn't. Uh, I'm not getting rich." I, I told him, "I said I'm not getting rich by any means. I enjoy doing it. It's a great time. And I'm not doing it to get rich, but to be compensated is the number one thing to to recruit umpires. And I think it's a money sign if we put an umpire match." Asking a dollar sign beside it with the umpire beside. It. I think that's one way that we could probably recruit and and and, uh, and get guys on the field. And I think it's very important that we talk to coaches and let them know that we don't have bodies, and then let coaches know. And I'm not saying go with a uh, a tear in the eye when we're when we're talking to them, but I think c- coaches would uh, would know that 
because they get sick of seeing the same people over and over again. And then these situations arise where if you made a bad call in April, they're going to remember it in October. They're grownups. They shouldn't think that way, but coaches think that way. And so a lot of umpires do too. And they, they're all butthurt. So if we told the coach, Hey, can you refer a couple of kids who might be good at this? They might be at one of their best pitchers. It might be one of their best catchers. It might be one of their, their, their worst players it might be one of their, their worst catchers, it might be one of their worst hitters or best hitters talking to the, coaches might be one of the ways and probably is one of the ways to recruit new blood into what we what we know and love we can't do it forever at a certain level eventually we give out it eventually it happens so that is another way is talking to coaches talking to coaches saying we need guys out there we need guys to help to, to come out with us we will teach them we will show them. And I know the coach will say, well, I know how to umpire. Well, no, you don't. We've been through this we been through this a little bit on, on the last show where a longtime coach, he didn't realize he had to move and do this and do that and everything else. And he was quite surprised at the, how much uh, running around an umpire can do. So it's uh, to, to talk to the coaches and talk to parents, say, hey, you know, your kid might, it might circumvent some of the cost to because it costs a lot of money to go to hotels. So if your kid can go out there and make 50 bucks, he, uh, a couple times a week or three times a week and make this much money, he might be able to usurp the cost a little bit for when they do go on, on their travel tournaments because hotels aren't cheap. Hotels aren't 80 bucks or 50 bucks anymore. They're not. So if a kid can have some spending money in his pocket, a, a parent might understand that too. So being around the field, sitting in the stands with your I'm an umpire t-shirt or whatever it is, or, or if people know you well enough, they know that you're an umpire, just talking with parents saying, Hey, it's, do, you, do you see a kid out here who might be interested in doing this? Do you see a kid out there who's who, who knows the rules are better, better than, than the other kids do? And just the word of mouth, social media is great and everything else, but word of mouth, that's the only way that works hands down. I can tell people till I'm blue or click till I'm blue in the face or my, my fingers turn, turn pink and purple from tweeting and Facebook and everything else to promote the podcast, but it's word of mouth that gets things out there. People hear that. The way people scroll through things nowadays, it doesn't work. It does to an extent. I shouldn't say doesn't, but the way people just scroll by things nonstop, it doesn't work. We need to talk to people. We need to get the money out there. We need to, to find a way to get people out there. Money and talking. Money and talking is the only way to do it. No money ever gets thrown at umpires um, for the training of umpires. They usually have to pay on their own dime to do that. And it's kind of a weird thing. I know I'll go off a little bit of tangent. I should have brought this up last week when we were talking about mentorship. But throwing money at umpires is something that needs to start to get done. We need to train guys properly. We need to have, because parents don't mind paying for their kid to take an extra hitting clinic. Adults pay thousands of dollars to take hitting clinics they take catching clinics or my friend jake down in texas he has a he has a, a, a an academy per se where they get they get paid to, to run these clinics and they make money we need to make sure that we're we're get, giving umpires the funds available to get them in the game and to so they can learn it properly and i think it's very important for us to start doing this a lot more is dump dumping money into umpiring, paying people properly. That's the only way we're going to expand our umpiring roster is to pay people properly, pay to, to, to train them, pay to recruit, 
dump money into it. That's the only way we can do it. Word of mouth and, and paying money, money, money. It's the root of all evil. It's the dirtiest word in the English language, but it's true. Once we recruit these guys and they're doing games, the one way we, we can retain them is by being around the field, giving them the proper training, giving them the mentorship that they need. Yes, we talked about that, and, and it can't be a one-time thing. It has to be throughout the season. Being around the ballpark, being going to games, and then maybe actually after the game is done or maybe during the game, call the guy over. Maybe don't go on the field so much because then it looks like you're, you're, there's trouble, and it's it's a thing. And coaches get all butthurt about that too. I told you he screwed up. Well, he didn't, but I'm just out here showing him something. But calling them over during the game, calling them over to the fence, having a quick chat, letting them know that they're doing a good job. Positive reinforcement of an umpire works a lot more. When a guy does something well and he's and he's told he does well, there's a sense of pride to that. That goes a lot further than telling a guy, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Do this, do this, do this. Positive reinforcement throughout the season, not just a couple of times a year, not at the clinic, not at the at the, at the year-end banquet. It has to happen throughout the year to positive reinforcement, telling an umpire that they're doing good. Also, if you have a league, whatever you're doing, that's uh, like here in Lethbridge, we have the WCBL, Medicine Hat, same thing. It's a, it's a college wood bat league for those of you who don't know. Telling a kid or asking a kid, hey, do you want to come to the game? Do you come maybe watch us umpire, watch how we do things on the big stage? And the kids might find it, lack of a better term, they might find it kind of cool to see that their instructor is out there and he's part of he's part of the he's part of the event. He's part of the game. They, they it's quasi-professional baseball. And it's to, to get a kid to to watch. And to see that an umpire, hey, look at his uniform. It's they got the three guys out there. They're doing the thing. They're part of the game. The home plate meeting, the whole bit. That's something that drew me into it years ago. Is was watching umpires and 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 seeing that hey, they, these guys are part of the game. This is kind of, this is kind of cool. I mean, as cool as umpire can be, right? So that's another way to recruit guys and retain them. Retaining them them is is a tough thing. Going to the dressing room, talking with them. Letting letting them know they, they did a good job. Maybe even working with a younger guy, working a, a, a game with a, with a kid who's 16 or 15 or 14 years old and saying, hey, this, this is kind of cool. Let him do the plate. And then the older, more experienced guy and the more advanced guy works works on the bases and they have a good time out there. Don't be out there as a teacher, but as his partner. Being a partner to a younger kid, can be a, you can be a role model more than a mentor. Uh, a mentor is a teacher, and sometimes teachers aren't the, aren't the coolest. But if you're a role model, they think that you're kind of you're kind of cool. So going out in the field with these kids and being their partner that is huge. Giving them jerseys for hand me downs, giving them jerseys that that are uh, that are expired that you that you might not wear anymore, or that that's because uh, now we're WCBL for a few years now. The WMBL jerseys are no longer a thing. But if a kid doesn't. He gets a free jersey with the with the logo on it, the whole bit. He's gonna he, he'll wear that and he'll think it's kind of neat. So passing the, the your old equipment down or or helping them out and and re, so showing them that it's kind of cool and here's how you dress and here's what you're supposed to do and being like I said, being their partner. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's huge. It is so huge. 
Another way to retain these guys is to make sure that they're not getting eaten alive on the field. I guess we had a little situation. I haven't done the, the research on it yet. We had a little situation here in Lethbridge over the weekend. I don't know the exact of it. I read the report um, from Asa. Thank you, Asa, for getting, if you listen to this. Thanks. She gave me the report. She said, what, what happened? Just the facts. What was, what happened? La, da, 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 da. She admitted that they blew the call. They, they did it wrong. Apparently a coach got all bent out of shape. She, they ejected him. And, uh, so and on and the rest is history i want to hear because there's three sides every story right his side her side and the truth that's uh something i learned a long time ago but making sure these kids aren't getting eaten alive when they're on the field is very important coaches uh till the end, end of time are going to get upset uh, players are going to get upset umpires are going to make uh, incorrect calls they're going to get upset but it, making sure that these guys aren't getting eaten alive and making sure that they're trained properly is so important having people around the field i think that are that are pro umpire i think that is is so important and i think that more associations and more um districts or whatever you want to say not the umpire associations but more so there has to be a partnership between the umpire association and the little league association big league association Babers association the u whatever there needs to be more of a partnership between the two there has to be an umpire coordinator per se that needs to be um, around the field a lot and what's that going to take that's going to take money once again, to make sure that these guys aren't getting destroyed out there and they want to stay umpires and they want to to stay in the game. You can't blame guys like once they're they're doing games, they, they, they do it for a season. They're like, yeah, this isn't fun. This isn't fun at all. So now you got to recruit again and then you got to go out and do the whole thing all over again. And that's tough because the next guy you get might not be as good, might not be as teachable. And you got to start from, from ground zero all over again. And that's not something to to grow your umpire roster or something to grow and retain. retain. If you're always rebuilding and re, instead of regrouping, then you, you aren't going to grow anything. It's, it's the same as, as a, as a baseball team if you're if you're building from ground up every year like the yankees they they don't but anyways uh it's tough so making sure these guys aren't getting destroyed on a daily daily to weekly basis is very important so that that once again i think there needs to be a um an umpire coordinator that can be around the field and he needs to be compensated for his time as well don't take it out of the umpire's pocket don't take it to the guys in the field of their pocket. And yeah, you can volunteer all you want. You can say that they should be a volunteer. But I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of coaches of games that I do where the coaches aren't getting paid. Whether it be WCBL, CCBC, this, that, or the other, there's somebody skimming off the top. And don't tell me that they're not. There's all these, there's no way that they're not. There's, there, there's some guys that aren't getting anything, but there's a, a good portion that are. So don't take it out of, out of the guys in the field pocket. There needs to be a, an umpire, a coordinator out there that can be around the field or an assistant. And you can't just tell a guy that he's got to be around all season long, all, every night of the week. But there needs to be guys that are that are wanting to grow the game and help it out and and, and be part of it. Because uh, you can't expect people to do things for free. And there, there just isn't time in the day to do it. And it's it gets expensive going from game to game and hamburger to hamburger and everything else right so it's tough so you need you need coordinators but once again that takes money it's money and word of mouth is how you're going to recruit and retain these guys and that's the only way you can do it it's the only way is the talking to think talking to people talking to parents talking to coaches starting to ramble on here a little bit but that's the only way we can do it but it's money 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 and if, if, if it's a few more bucks for what it is i'm not i'm not talking a hundred bucks per per parent i'm not talking that at all it could be something as simple as 20 bucks where that money goes to to developing umpires because we don't throw 
any money. We throw zero dollars at umpire development. Zero. We, t- we, we, we don't throw a penny at, at umpire development. We don't. I know here there might be different in, in your part of the world. Let me know if, if whoever you're listening to this show, thank you very much for listening to, uh, to Hey Blue, the uh, umpires, uh, umpires podcast for umpires by an umpire. <clears throat> it's greatly appreciated. But uh, let us know here at Hey Blue uh, what to what kind of money, what kind of recruiting you guys do, what what gets dumped into into your association, and how you do it. I know the clinics we do here are, are free, one hundred percent free, um, and that that can only go so far, right? Like you, you you'd like to do a lot more, but it, it, everything t- takes money because you, you, we all have jobs and we all got things we got to do, so we have to be compensated for our time and uh, for for like i said players and parents are paying a lot of money for a lot of things we don't dump any money into our part development and we, we need to start doing that to recruit these guys and get them out in the field and get to get umpiring cool again so it's, it's it's a lot of fun and uh, it's uh, i have a blast out there i love doing it it's it's it didn't have much fun on, on the weekend we'll get to that in the next segment but we need to dump money and we need to recruit that's are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com, or the Seat Geek app. Got asked a couple of weeks ago at one of our clinics about the most important piece of equipment you could you could have and the most important thing you, you need to spend some money on and everything else. Uh, kind of got going to my head a little bit what was uh, the most important part because every every last bit, I mean, the, the cop obviously is a very important one, but the uh, it came down to your your mask or your shoes. And I, I, I was going to lead, lean towards shoes a little bit, because uh, like Lieutenant Dan said to uh, Forrest and Bubba and Forrest Gump, the movie that uh, you take care of your feet, your feet will take care of you. Uh, so having a, a comfortable pair of shoes is very important. But the what we've learned about the importance of, uh, or not the importance, about head trauma um, and everything else. And you saw the Tua Tagliova, Tagliolova, I think that's, I can't, I can never say that properly. But the Miami Dolphins quarterback, uh, he's got a head, con- the the head head injury he's not playing for a couple of weeks or i don't think he should play for a long time but uh you, you, we've been hearing more and more about the concussion issues throughout hockey in baseball and everything else and i got thinking about and we'll do an equipment review i was thinking about doing this uh this podcast and having equipment reviews involved i think the most important piece of equipment you could have is your mask though the the brain trauma that can that, that can be caused over time with with one or two or three th- three knocks in the and can be life-changing it can be uh traumatizing not just for yourself but for your family there's a lot that can go on we had in in the hockey world a few years back a lot of the concussion injuries the suicides that happened the depression that can happen and everything else and, and having a good mask is, is so important it it's uh it, it it can save your life i mean i took one um like i said i didn't have the best weekend last week and we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second but i took one to the noggin in 2020 uh foul ball no 21 there's no season in 20 because of the COVID thing. It was 21. I took a, a foul ball. Maybe I was too far too far in the slot um, or too too far behind the, the catcher, I guess. It wasn't in the slot enough. And I, I took a foul ball right square to the face. It was in the bottom of the eighth inning with uh, two out. And it 
I, when I came up out of my stance, I, that's when I felt it. That's like, Oh, is this, something's not right here. This isn't, this isn't a good one. That one rung a little bit. Gord Watt, the trainer for the Leopard Bulls, he come out and looked at my, look in my eyes. He was, Oh yeah, that one got you. Hey, I said, yeah. So did, did the top of the inning and then that was it. So it was only four outs away. If it was earlier in the game, I probably would have left the field. I probably should have left the field anyways, but, um, if I didn't have a good mask on, I think the, the, the results could have been a lot worse and it would have uh, been, who knows? I mean, I spent downstairs here in the Yankee Tavern, uh, sitting on the couch in the dark for, for the better part of two days. And I, I, I was on a uh, queasy street for a while, but without the, the mask that I, that I have, it probably could, could have been a lot worse. It fits properly. I have the, uh, the mask I got is the, the Wilson MLB black uh, Dynalite aluminum umpire mask, uh, black and gray wrapped around. A lot of major league guys wear it. It's uh, cost me, I think, 200 bucks back in the day. It was probably the best 200 bucks I spent on my equipment. Um, there's guys who wear different masks, different shapes and sizes, and get the different um, different varieties. But uh, you, you go to a man, the most important piece of equipment that an umpire can get is is their mask it's very important that you, you spend the extra dough to get one and once again you um kids don't have a bunch of money to spend on, on good equipment so that that's another problem that you got is that to, they, they go out there with inadequate inadequate equipment and then they get hurt and we don't want that so one thing that we're we're trying to do as as a as an association we're going to um so we have a few extra bucks in, in the bank uh that we're what we're probably going to do is look at okay what do you need as an umpire do you, like how's your mask how's your, your chest guard how's your shin shin pads how's your how's your your uniform what what do you need and if you want us to pay for it ahead of time we'll take it off your game fees for for next 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 year so then you have it and you're not going out onto the field ill-equipped and i think that's one of the best uh, ideas that brandon came up with for southern Alberta umpire association him and and tyler i'm not going to take uh, credit for this one but was to get make sure guys are out there with the proper stuff and if you don't have the money up front we will take care of it for you we will make sure that you're, we're not setting you guys up to fail and to get hurt out there and making sure guys have the proper mask not some mask that's in the been in the back of a of a equipment room for for 15 years uh, and then they'd find it blow some dust off it and away you go because the, the technology of, of the mask the, the way they're, they're, the, the cushions are inside and everything else, it's very important that you're you're protecting your brain and, and everything else. Uh, another thing that I've seen a lot more guys doing, and I haven't really thought about it a whole bunch, and I, I don't know why it hasn't really crossed my mind, but a lot more guys are using the skull cap. You see a lot more guys in Major League Baseball doing it. You've seen a lot more guys. I know a couple of guys in our association started doing it, started wearing the skull cap to protect their old coconut a little bit more. Maybe I'll look at it next year. They said it was hot, and I mean, being uncomfortable is one thing to save your old brain because a, a few more knocks to the old noggin isn't a good thing. Another thing with your with your mask is make sure that it is in good repair. It's now, right now is probably the time where most guys are putting their stuff away. It might not be a bad time right now to, to go into your bag well, wait till you're done listening to the podcast, but go into your bag and see what's in disrepair. See what needs to be done. Make sure the pads on your mask aren't aren't uh, falling apart. Make sure that they're, that they're that they're the straps and the buckles, and there's no cracks or, or or anything happening with your mask or dents. I mean, I've taken a few to the, a few to the lid over the years, and that 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 Wilson Dynalite mask it doesn't have a bend in it at all. That thing is 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 just. T- took a few a few good shots and it, it's 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 in great repair it has not changed i give it a, that mask is fantastic there is not a, a mark on it i'd I look after it right now is probably a good time to go into your bag 
and and check it, check all your equipment, make sure they're in good repair. Make sure the stuff that you kind of got the band-aided through the season, maybe it's time to get rid of it. Find a way to get some new stuff because that, that stuff's going to take care of you for a long time. I know I got a few more games to do and I'm getting my old plus paws. There's for, for all you old umpires listen to this. I have an old pair of plus paws, the old, the old Goodyear soles on them for my, my plate shoes. I'm going to send them to the shoemaker. He's going to get them. He's going to refurbish them for me, shine them up nice and nice and tight for next season. They're heavy, but man, those things do the trick. And now, now if I'm just stubborn, I have those darn things, the old plus paws, they, uh, they're, man, they're heavy. So my, my legs take a bit of a, a beating throughout the season there. Uh, but anyway, so I'm, I'm taking those in to get them refurbished. I have, I got four games left uh, this season. Then, then that's it for me. And I'll take them to the shoemaker, get them done. So that's something that I, I'm going to do with my equipment to make sure that it's uh, it's in good repair and that it's ready to go for next season. And you're not scrambling when, uh, when March comes around and you got to get out in the field and you're like, Oh shit, I don't have any equipment here. So that's very important. But the, the mask is such an important thing. Like I said, now that we know about brain trauma and the, and the, the subsequent, issues that people have later on in life. Once you get the one concussion, the, the next one's easier to get. And the next one's even easier to get. So taking care of your helmet or taking care of your face, taking care of your mask. Some guys prefer the, uh, the, the goalie style mask. I know Ron Shuchuk guy I work with in WCBL. That's what he wears. Not a lot of other guys do, but that he wears one and he loves it. So I always find it weird when you take it off, you got no hat on and Ron, he's, he's, He's uh he's he's a little bit light on top. Let's say Ron's bald, so he maybe doesn't uh, doesn't bother him much. But not having not having a any uh, a hat on for me when you take your mask off, that's an odd thing for me. So I don't think I'll ever go with the goalie mask thing. But make sure that you have a good mask. Make sure that it's in good repair at all times. Go and look at your equipment today. Whatever you got, wherever wherever your bag is, get everything out and get it ready to go. Get everything cleaned up. Get everything ready for for next season because now's the time to do it. So you're not scrambling next season when when it's time to get going. Take care of your mask, and your, your head will take care of you. You are never too old or too cool to show support for your favorite team. Fans Edge, who's an affiliate of Fanatics, has everything a sports fan could possibly be looking for. From hats, to apparel, to giftware, and memorabilia, Fans Edge is the place for you. With hassle-free returns, free shipping on order of over 100 bucks in Canada, and free shipping on all orders in the continental United States, Fans Edge makes it easy to get what you want when you want it. Just click on the link on our Twitter and Facebook accounts, and that will take you directly to our Fans Edge affiliate pages, and you can start shopping. Every time you purchase something from there, it supports the 1420 Sports Podcast as we get a percentage, and that's a good thing. So go to Fans Edge today for all your fan gear needs. Since I've uh, gotten back into the umpire game a lot, I, I've, I've been reading the rule book not as much as I should, but I've been reading it quite um, religiously. It might be just a few pages a day, but it's a lot something I... I trying to, to to get better at my, my, my knowledge of rules is is quite good but there are some things I, I do need to catch up on and there's there's a lot of things that uh, you forget about or you that don't really matter in the big picture because in general I, I like to tell the to tell the, our students that yes you should know the rule book and yes you should um, have a, a good knowledge of the rule book and everything else and, and the ins and outs of it and the spirit of the rule and and everything else but to, in general the game's uh, the games will take care of themselves. It's it's outs and saves and balls and strikes, the odd balk here and there and that kind of thing. Get that stuff down, down to a science. Get your positioning done properly, and the game will take care of itself because anybody, in general, you can call a game from the 40th row of Yankee Stadium. You'll, you'll get most of them right, and there's not a lot of things that go wrong the only time that you you really need, need to know the rules when the players make mistakes it's funny how that works out isn't it that uh, when a player screws up that's when uh, that's when things usually go sideways for an umpire we everybody who uh umpires knows that and it's a thing but uh 
was reading through the rule book the other day and I, I found something that was quite um odd to me that uh, something that i i didn't know it's it's something that maybe i did know but something i never paid attention to for for whatever reason that it that it may be but it, it it's something that maybe gets uh gets missed a lot that when when there there is could maybe well i don't get a, a lot of ejections is, is one thing i try to keep guys in the game i i had two this year one i probably could have could have not i probably was a little quick on the gun on that one but i whatever it doesn't much matter anyways turns out the guy was a bit of a prick so I'm not, i don't feel too badly about it from what the other players and coaches told me but that's our story from another day but the, the one that i that i didn't know or that like i said maybe i, I got uh i've been misinterpreting or misreading or just going with what's been the uh what's been the norm around baseball fields for a long time is that uh, it's in the the Baseball Canada rulebook uh, 604D. When a manager, player, coach, or trainer is ejected from a game, he shall leave the field immediately and take no further part in that game. He shall remain in the clubhouse or change to street clothes and either leave the park or take a seat in the grandstand well removed from the vicinity of his team's bench or bullpen. I didn't know that they were allowed to, like once they were gone, that, that, that they were allowed to sit in the stands. I would personally recommend against that because nothing... Um, draws a crowd like a crowd and uh negativity breeds negativity so if that guy or manager player trainer whatever it is uh when he gets thrown out of a game i would probably just recommend them not changing into their street clothes especially at the amateur level and then sitting in the stands because uh i think that might cause a little bit more of a problem um he might not say something but he might say something to a parent or to a to a buddy or to a fan to get those people riled up and then they'll get on your case even more i didn't know that was the rule i thought they had to vacate couldn't watch see you later Bye bye. So I've been doing that wrong for quite a few years. I, I've never, I've never had a problem. I shouldn't say never, but the, the problems are pretty rare and few and far in between where the situation does arise, where a guy does get a little bit lippy after he has been ejected. But I did not know they were allowed to sit in the stand. So I, I that's one I, that I got wrong. And it's a kind of a, a quirky little rule. Like I said, I would recommend if a guy does, does get thrown out, guy or gal does get thrown out, maybe it's their, it's their best bet to to not be in the vicinity and, and come around to, uh, to, to let you know how smart you are after the fact, because it, uh, it can only cause you a little bit of trouble. So Maybe that's one that the baseball, whoever looks over the rule book year in, year out, maybe that's one that should maybe go away, that guys can't come into the stands after they've uh, put on their civvies, everything else, and, and come out and heck a little bit because you, you know they're going to. And the best way to avoid a situation in uh, in any world in any world is to avoid a situation. So that's uh, that's my quirky rule the day that I was getting wrong all the, all these years I didn't know about. So there, there's one you guys can uh, can take to, to the field when you do have an ejection and something goes wrong to uh, make sure that they, uh, they are allowed to sit in the stands and they are allowed to watch. I Like I said, I would recommend it. Maybe it's time that they go and hopefully if it's a player that the coach tells him to go and maybe if it's a coach who gets thrown out maybe they'll come to their senses and then they'll if they do change um their clothes not people don't change if they do change their clothes they can sit in the stands and and maybe they can uh, sit there and be quiet and not uh, not get on the people as much as, as, as they uh, as they tend to do anyways that's uh the next the, the, the that's the edition of hey blue the umpires podcast for umpires by an umpire uh thank you very much for listening you we're uh we're getting things uh, straightened out here. Got some sponsors lined up. I think been working down here in the Yankee Tavern North, getting things going. If uh, if you, this is the only podcast to listen to, thank you very much. If you have any comments, concerns, questions about what we talk about on the show, if you have any uh, things you want us to talk about, let us know. We're more than 
than happy to uh, take suggestions. We're more than happy to hear how you're recruiting, how you're mentoring, uh, your equipment reviews, what your plans are for the upcoming baseball season, for the off season as well, what you guys got going on in your communities and everything else. Thank you very much for listening to Hey Blue, the umpires podcast. We appreciate it very much. And remember, everybody, smart people bunt. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.